and thank you for tuning in. This is Love What I Love, a podcast where we beg our partner to love something we do, whether it be a movie, TV show, or anything in between. We're your hosts, Masha and Andy, and this week we're talking about Matilda. Matilda is about a gifted but neglected child who develops telekinetic abilities, which she uses to right the wrongs of the adults in her life, including not only her family, but her ruthless school principal. This film was released in 1996, and it was co-produced and directed by Danny DeVito. It's based on Roald Dahl's 1988 novel of the same name. And it stars Mara Wilson, Danny DeVito, Rhea Perlman, Ambeth Davids, Davids? What? I don't know. David's. Is it's that, is it's that, David TZ. Who's that? The Miss Honey. Ah, okay. Um, and Pam Ferris. So obviously Matilda is a popular book and movie, um, but surprisingly it was not. It was basically like a box office failure in a, in a sense. Oh, was it really? Yeah, it had a budget of $36 million and it only made 33.5 in the box office. Damn. But now it's known as a cult classic. Yeah, when you talk to someone who was six at the time, aka me, it was a smash hit. It was, <laughs> like, it was a fan favorite. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure why, um, but I mean, obviously... People didn't know what they were doing back then in 1996, not going to the movies to see this. Yeah, I wonder why. So this is obviously our second Roald Dahl like, story because yeah. you brought Willy Wonka onto the cast. For so sure. we talked about him a little bit, thank God, because I didn't want to dive into his nice. research. Yeah, yeah, no, it's daunting. Yeah, but for those of you who are jumping in, you know, he's the writer that was behind like James and the Giant Peach, obviously Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Mr. Fantastic Fox, Matilda, so much. Yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox. What did I say? Mr. Fantastic Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh in the new year. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I can't wait to, t- to talk about this movie. This is our first time watching it together, though it's been mentioned a lot in our conversations. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious to know like what your story is with Matilda. But before we dive into that, do you want to take a stab at the Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, well, this could be a mix. <laughs> well, if it bombed, I imagine there's bad reviews from back in the day. So even if they're mixed with modern good reviews, it's still going to muddy the score. So I'm going to say 64 critics, 81 audience. All right. You were closer on the audience score. Okay. So... It was actually 90% critics. Whoa. Which I was surprised at, and 73% audience. So, listeners, we got to go on Rotten Tomatoes and bump up the audience score. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, Andy, let's just jump in. What's your story with Matilda? I mean, like I said already up top, I was six when this dropped, and uh, it dropped like a record. I don't know if you remember. They're like, Matilda's dropping this week. (laughs) I'm making fun of myself for saying drop. (laughs) Uh, You're so cool, man. Yeah, so. I don't remember seeing it in theaters, but I do remember 100% this being like a school movie, whether it was like for a field trip or end of the year, one of those classics we've talked about them before where you just, got, they got nothing left to teach you, they just got to kill time and they need to put on something appropriate for kids, but still like fun, you know, it didn't have to be educational. Mm-hmm. So Matilda was in that bracket. Like I don't even remember where, but I remember watching it on buses just like all the time Damn. in school. Because I was in kindergarten when it came out. So first grade, second grade. It was like, yeah, Matilda uh, on VHS, throw yeah. it on. 
Um, so I remember watching it a lot. I remember always just really enjoying it. Just super fun. Like I liked anything with magic powers on Nickelodeon. Uh, they had the Secret World of Alex Mack around the same time. And oh. that was about a girl who gets chemical waste dumped on her in the in the first episode, and then she gets magic powers. Oh, interesting! So I never know. heard of that one. What Secret World of Alex Mack? You oh, know, as a Disney kid, you gotta check it out. <laughs> she turned into a little puddle of like. She looked like uh, a T-1000 from Terminator 2. She turned into oh. like a puddle of like liquid silver. She Scary. Would move around. Uh, yeah, it was dope. Wait, was this animated or no, live action? No, live action. Whoa. Yeah, it was like 90s uh, special effects. Was it like Terminator for kids? <laughs> yeah, but it was way cheaper than Terminator, so it didn't look as good. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, she could move things with her mind and she had electricity powers. Like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of similar things going on. One minute I'm walking home. The next there's a crash and I'm drenched in some weird chemical. And since then, nothing's been the same. So yeah, kids with powers. I mean, come on. This is like, what kind of kid wouldn't have fun watching this? Like, if you're the right age, like, right. You know, you got to come at this, but like, if you come at it with that escapism of you're the same age as these kids, mm. it's you know, it's like it's an ultimate kind of like kids' revenge fantasy. So I remember just loving it, and then just leaving it in the past. Really, like, I didn't, I didn't like take it with me as I got older. I didn't watch it like in my teen years or anything like that. I just always had like fond memories. Like Matilda was great. And then I didn't even really think about it until the Broadway show came out, whatever that was, six, seven years ago at this point. I don't even know. Right. I always just remember Matilda now because it's connected to us starting to date. Because <laughs> we, oh you know, we met in May of 2015. You had a birthday in July right after that. Guys, the most awkward time in a relationship to scare- celebrate your birthday, like when you first start dating Yeah, someone. when your birthday drops in the first <laughs> three months. Like it's if, Even if it's six months, I feel like you get to know someone a little bit. But like, <laughs> we, you know, not only was it the first three months, but we lived on other ends of the world. You lived in Astoria and I lived in Bay yeah. Ridge. Like it took two hours to get to each other's houses. So we didn't see each other that much in those early yeah, times. Yeah, so three months, but really like three weeks. Yeah, maybe? three months of like yeah, seeing each other on the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I got you a fancy cupcake from a cupcake place. I I didn't want to overstep my boundaries. I didn't, I I didn't want to jump in with a crazy gift, and you'd be like, "Why is this weirdo on you for two months?" Yeah, <laughs> but at, on the flip side, I was like, well, "He's gonna think I'm a weirdo for inviting him out on my birthday. Like, I should be like hanging out with friends, like doing all these things. Like, he's gonna think I'm so weird for inviting him to a Broadway show." Yeah, that's I, what I was where my head was at. No, nah, I thought it was fucking awesome. I was like, <laughs> "Sweet, doing something right, like getting invited to a Broadway show." <laughs> uh, yeah, because you, uh, I mean, you could tell it, but. Uh, uh, you basically have to take us on standby, right? Yeah. So I decided that for my birthday, I wanted to try and do some rush tickets. So basically like the lottery, they literally put your name in a hat and pick out and those people get front row seats to a Broadway, like yep. a pair of tickets. Yeah, yeah. New York is pretty common like, in yeah. the city. So, you know, like I kind of went and I was like, it's my birthday. Maybe I'll get some birthday luck. And it's so funny because the lady like had her hand in a hat and she was like, you know, about to pull it out. And I was like, it's my birthday. And then she pulled out my name. And she was like, well, you know, it was like perfect. I know. And you were like, you were dressed up. Like you were basically ready to not do that. Like yeah. you were ready to just like have a drink somewhere nice. It just worked out so perfectly. And yeah, I remember I showed up right after work with like a cupcake in hand. And I was yeah. like, hi. We, we got a beer. It was cute. Yeah. And I hadn't been on Broadway since like I was a kid at that point. Like, you know, I'd only lived in, in the city for about two years at that point. Yeah. Never really found myself going. So then it was an awesome show. It was fucking great. Music was great. And I was like, Matilda's dope. <laughs> and I definitely think I rewatched it sometime since then. 
maybe with my brother and and his, his wife, my sister in law. Yeah. Other than that, that was yeah, that's pretty much my my Matilda knowledge. Cool, cool. I was gonna bring up our date. Oh, if I you beat did you it. <laughs> well, I didn't have anything else other than I just remember watching an elementary school more than once and like thinking it was fun. I think your school is awesome because I never watched this in school. What? Yeah, I have this movie on VHS. And, you know, back in the day when you could record movies off your VHS, yeah. t- like I mean, that's still, how I... You can still do it. Oh, I guess so. Well, uh, I guess you can't plug into the VHS. HDMI. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking I about. I don't know. Yo, remember those like dual like DVD and VHS players? Yeah. I kind of need... I think we're going to have to get one of those like when I get my VHSs back. Like... <laughs> why i don't know <laughs> all right never mind never mind <laughs> have you uh, watched the vhs lately like it's like uh, i know but like nostalgia people play records all the time i feel you but like it's like 480 like yeah pee. but i also have like childhood videos on vhs you that's know? different yeah that's different all right and i do like to watch certain old horror movies on vhs because the shitty quality like adds to it oh like, it makes like, it scary yeah like you don't want it to like when i watch texas chainsaw massacre i don't want it to be crisp 4k like nothing no grain like it's a grainy movie you right. know I mean, so. oh that's funny yeah um but yeah i mean i i can't tell you the first time i watched this movie but i could tell you that i've watched it over a thousand times for sure i have it on vhs i now that i now that we've just watched the trailer i'm realizing like how sort of like harry potter-esque it is like the origin story of harry like having this horrible family and then just discovering he has powers and i'm like oh i love harry potter too like yeah it just gave me harry potter vibes when i just watched this uh, when we watched the trailer i'll jump ahead but like two-thirds into my notes i wrote either i was like i'd be surprised if either jk rowling wasn't inspired by roald dahl when she wrote it oh. or at the very least chris columbus was inspired by it when he made sorcerer's stone because mm. the school vibe just felt very hogwartsy like yeah. the way it, like it was shot and i was just like this feels like i was like either oh, one wow. or the other like i don't know if I, I i didn't know if i was equating it to harry potter the story or harry potter the movie right so i was like one of these two motherfuckers is it just like the vibe like the british vibe <laughs> Yeah, cause it, but it's funny because the movie's not British, yeah. but the story is. Yes, exactly. You know, the time that I watched this movie, it was very empowering to watch. Um, not only did did she do right, and like you said, it's a classic revenge story for a kid like wanting to right the wrongs of the adults in her life. Not only is that so relatable, but she also came across as so empowering in that she made learning and reading seem very cool and like an, a way to escape your life yeah. you know um so that was really inspiring to me i can't tell you how many times i rode my bike to the library like you know just to like not be matilda but like you know <laughs> like aspire to be as smart as her um i knew my timetables very well because <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Just kidding laughs> um but other than that like even every every piece of this movie from the matilda character to like the music was soundtrack to my life like send me on my way on my ipod little bitty pretty one on my ipod you know yeah, like yeah. it's just so great and i hate you're gonna laugh um, at this boy. <laughs> what um boy um boy um boy um a wee boy what it, what's boy. the song how does this what, what's send the me on my way on my way oh it's on you're my way <laughs> <I'm> just um boy <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny on my way all right i, I hear you're, it i hear you're it you're pretty close i hear it Um, you're going to laugh at this. So until last night, 
I didn't realize that this was narrated by Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, all right. The whole, all right, I got to turn my mic down. I almost blew out the motherfucker. <laughs> the only... <laughs> I'm laughing not because... I for sure thought you were going to say you didn't know it was directed by Danny DeVito, which oh, a lot of people I don't know. I also didn't yeah, know Yeah, yeah. So that's why I wasn't going to laugh at that. I'm like, yeah. a lot of people don't know that. Like, that's not a deal. But he doesn't even change his voice. Like, he talks exactly. Because no, you know when you watch a movie, like, I separate everything. Like, yeah. I'm separating the characters from each other. So I'm not thinking that the narrator is a character in the movie. Or, like, you know, I'm not thinking... So I, I completely hear it now. I don't, think, I don't think it's the character. I don't think that's Mr. Wormwood. I, like, no, it's I think, not. But yeah. it's, this is, clearly it's Danny DeVito. No, I know. Like. I could totally hear it. <laughs> but it's just so funny that it didn't click until last night. And I was like, is that Danny DeVito? Yeah. I just laughed because he has a very distinct voice. Like he's not, <laughs> you know, he doesn't sound like a lot of other people. Yeah. That's hilarious. I, I was so sure. I was so ready for you to be like, I didn't know it was directed. I was going to be like, yeah, a lot of people don't. And then you were like, Nary. <laughs> Did you imagine you know Danny DeVito's in this movie? <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's all over this movie. This was a huge passion project for him. He made that cash. Yeah. He, he oh, I guess not because it bombed. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> he was lined up to make that cash. <laughs> he, he had like four rolls. But I think he got like... He definitely made it better. Like, the fact that it's a cult classic, everyone loves it. And I think to this day, it's one of the favorite films he's ever worked on. For sure. So, you know, it worked out in the end. I think he's so, like, watching the behind the scenes, he's so great with the kids. It's just really lovely to watch. I love how much of Danny DeVito, especially, it's mostly always sunny, but even before that, with, like, Batman 2, he, like, just embraces, like, the grossness of himself on Aww. camera. But, like, in all accounts, he seems like a pretty, like, <laughs> sweet guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That, that is not my future. I'm not going to be buried in a grave. When I'm dead, just throw me in the trash. Oh, I just want to say, in terms of what we didn't know, until my whole life, like, usually I'm, like, a research Andy Fat guy, yeah. I never knew that this was based on anything, and it wasn't until the musical came out mm. that I was like, why did they make a musical of an obscure 90s movie? And then that's when I looked it up and realized, oh, it's a Rodell book. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So I remember, um, just, like, as a kid, I, I don't know what... It, when, I would, when things like James and Giant Peach came out, it just made sense to me that, like, oh, I know that's a book. I never knew Matilda was based on anything. Like, I guess whenever there was a hit movie at, like, the book fair, there'd always be... You know, like, when James and the Giant Peach was a movie, I was in elementary school, and then they sold the book at the book fair because they were, like, kids know the movie. Right, right. And they had the cover of the movie on the book. Yes. But I don't recall ever seeing Matilda, and I guess that's because it bombed. Like, I guess because, yeah. like, you know, they probably didn't produce... Matilda covered books or whatever. If they did, it didn't reach Long Island. You know, like, yeah, yeah. So interesting. Probably now they do because it's a cult classic. Yeah. But yeah, back in the day for sure. Not. And also, I mean, the musical helped. Like, I think it's pretty successful. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Roald Dahl, <laughs> this movie was very close to not getting made because him and the family were so disappointed with Willy Wonka we talked about That's on so our funny. episode. So like Danny DeVito and the producers, like they went and like they got the blessing. Like they Doll was really still alive had to. when they made this? Um, I believe so. This was um you know, when they started developing it. Yeah. Let me let me double check when Roll passed. Oh, never mind. It must it must have been his estate actually that they talked to. Yeah. Um because he died in nineteen ninety. But yeah, they they really like you know had to sweet talk their way into make getting this movie made and yeah. it's actually funny i don't i don't really know where I, where else i'd mentioned this but one of the producers of the film um is roald Dahl's widow and her name is lissy 
so they named like the doll in matilda like lissy doll oh, like you know like fun. they made yeah, sure yeah. to do a lot of like nod backs to roll doll yeah yeah with throughout the film and i'll mention them when they come yeah out. i mean if i had to guess off the bat it seemed like a lot of the narration was probably the the words of the book mm. so like it seemed like that was probably a way to be like look we're, we're not changing shit we're not doing even though i love willy wonka and it's probably better than the book but these books, like, look, we're not doing that we're not yeah. like we're not running with the new idea for sure and i i actually dug in and like found the differences between the movie and the book it, they're not it's not like crazy anything but um we could talk about that later on it's just a little more british a little more british um and i i gotta mention you know this movie was composed by david newman thank you so much david Thank you. You're the best. Wow. Because <laughs> I the the sound bed the of score, this yeah. the score is so beautiful. Like it's it's perfect. It's you know I don't know. I just I'm just laughing. He said thank you. Like, <laughs> like, like we haven't been in a meeting. Well, okay, you're like, we gonna got da- we got David here. Just wants to, everyone give a hand. Plus <laughs> David did a great job on this movie. We really love it. Yo, you're gonna laugh because David Newman is not only like. <laughs> He's been nominated so many times for Academy Awards, but not only that, he's also a part of the Newman family who Randy? has been... Not Randy. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you were going to say. He's, he's the Newman family. He's part of the Newman family, which is, um, like, I think they're one of the most nominated Academy Award families of all really? time. Yeah, there are, like, a bunch of composers in that family. Like, his dad did... He composed like Anastasia, like the old old one, yeah, and then yeah. later on in life, David composed a movie the Anastasia. Animated one? Yeah, that's hilarious. So like stuff like that's so cool. He's also behind 1994 Flintstones, The Mighty Ducks '92, nice. and Bill and Ted. Whoa, nice, look at this guy. <laughs> yeah, so like they you sure he doesn't have a cousin named Randy. I'll check. Let's check it out. It could be uh, it could be something. Yeah, Randy Newman. You're <laughs> right. Is he really? Yeah. Where? Where? A cousin or... No, his brother. Whoa. How did that not pop in the fucking IMDb? My bad. That's fucking great. <laughs> we should drop that in the old triv. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's your, like, it's a, it's a dynasty of Newmans who have a record of an <laughs> award. So I was like, there's no way they have that many awards and then a separate Newman is racking <laughs> up. Because I, I imagine a lot of that Makes record sense. comes Makes from sense. Randy. <laughs> All right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So... I apologize in advance. I know the podcast is called Love What I Love, but I will say many times today how perfect I think this movie is. And one thing that I love about movies that are perfect like this is how close they came to being different. Yeah. Like, I I think the casting of Matilda was perfect. Oh, Mara Wilson's great. Yeah. Mara is, like... I know she she was great, Mrs. Doubtfire, and I loved her. Like she was adorable, a, adorable kid. Yeah. But I just think Matilda was like the one for me if I, I were to pick her top. I can't. What are her other big ones from the '90s? Because those are the two I can remember. But Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Oh yeah, she's in the I remake didn't of watch that. Watch that one. Yeah. But yeah, I guess at first they I, wanted. I remember her in the trailer going, "Wow!" Yeah. Like, when you see Santa Claus. <laughs> wow. She she does a wow in Mrs. Doubtfire too. She's pretty, she likes to be amazed. <laughs> There's a lot of woes in this movie. Yeah, um, but it's funny. Like I guess early on, Danny DeVito was thinking of like Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, uh-huh. like to double up on the role. Yeah, but you know, scheduling conflicts with. I think you wouldn't be able to see Matilda. Like yeah. they're too much of like an entity. You know, they're not like they're not. They can't transform. That's so true. And they were thinking of Rosie O'Donnell for Miss Honey. But her conflict was Harriet the Spy. I was about to say, she played that same exact... She played Miss Honey already. Yeah. But I think that, like, M. Beth was perfect because she's, like, a sweet... 
like I couldn't see Rosie being pushed around by Miss Trunchbull. You know what I mean? I don't want to be mean, but I could see Rosie more in Miss Trunchbull's family than Miss Ah, uh, Yeah. Well, like they're built. Like, they're built yeah, similarly. Yeah, like if we're going like, who has the same genes? I'd probably be like, probably these two. Yeah. <laughs> Not. Um, but yeah, I mean, though, just those those casting casting is so important you know and you don't realize it until like it's a hit and you're like man it was so close to not being that yeah so i just wanted to mention those cool things nice um but yeah i i think the last thing i'll mention is and i i sort of hinted at this before we got on on the on the air before we got on the cast but um mara's mom uh was diagnosed with breast cancer during uh during the filming of matilda and actually died oh huh you didn't mention that. I, I almost did. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I like held myself back because I was like, save it for the cast. Um, but yeah, she passed away six months before it hit theaters. Damn. Um, but then one thing that Danny DeVito made sure to do was to give her an early copy of Matilda and have her watch it before she passed away. Oh, so I know. So Mars mom got to see her, you know, yeah. so I got to see the film before she passed. Yeah. That's just cool. really sweet <laughs> and that's like because this is like this is like the one like those other ones you mentioned she's doubtfire she's supporting for sure and even miracle 34 she, she's the main girl but it's like it's about the santa it's not yeah. about her and i think it's sort of some of the messages in the film i hope like helped her move forward to like finding power within yourself the of and, independence and yes. yeah like and also like recognizing like you're not the shitty situation you're in like you know like there, there's ways out of things yeah because i'll say i mean i this is like a little bit more of just overall thoughts but one of the things that i think stood out to me that i didn't realize at the time but just made it different is like kids movies tend to take the easier route on certain things because like it's harder to break like bad news to kids or even like have adult themes because you don't have to explain death or, or scary stuff mm-hmm. and i even like that this movie like i feel like a lot of kids movies I'm just thinking Disney mostly. It always goes kind of like the evil or evil, like the bad step parent or like something happens to your good parents and then you're in the care of somebody bad and you have to like get out of that. Mm -hmm. And I like that this makes it a little more adult and like real life where it's like, no, her parents. (laughs) Like it's like, that's like her blood. Like it's not like this like rosy version of like, well, I I had pure parents. That means I'm really pure. And it's, it's that I live with these shitty people. So I should leave. And I'll be good like my dad, like a Cinderella. Yeah. Which obviously was written years and years before this. So there's hindsight, you know. So, But I like that this was just like, you know, it's it's not that schmaltzy like family trumps all. Like it's it's a lot more. It stands by the theme of independence by by literally making Matilda have to like find her happiness. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being like, oh, well, everything would have been perfect if, you know, yeah. something bad didn't happen. I think just us Americans don't know how to talk to our kids like the Brits have it going. Yeah, like they're just like a little colder. <laughs> yeah. They're like, all right, listen. You're on the naughty list. And there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Actually, you're going <laughs> to sneak that in, aren't you? I'm going to try. Ah. I, don't know, I don't know how to pull TikTok videos. I might have to not do that. No, no because Father Christmas has not been very nice to me. Because you're being naughty, so you're on the naughty list. No, I'm not. I'm on the good list, actually. You're not, because you're, you're not, because you ain't being good. I am on the good list. If you can say that word again and again and again. All right, so, um, yeah, want to just get into this? Well, I don't want you to talk, because I'm big, you're little, I'm oh, okay. dumb, you're... S- ah, fuck! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I got caught up in my head, I was like, I gotta remember what it was. <laughs> then I fucked it up. I daffy ducked myself. All right. Ooh. Yeah, man. <laughs>
I'm smart, you're dumb. I'm big, you're little. I'm right, you're wrong. And there's nothing you can do about it. All right, folks. So I'm actually going to forego spoilers on this. It was released in 1996. It's a children's movie. I think you could just watch it. That would be my recommendation. Yeah, <laughs> but like, if you if you know the concept, it's not that surprising that final act. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not. There's nothing to hide. Like, it's a right. It's straightforward, but it's in a good way. For yeah. I, I just got to say right off the bat, I think this movie's jokes are fantastic. They got some good ones. Yeah, like just from the very top, the way that the Wormwoods just had a baby and throw it in the trunk of the car. Yeah, and then forget it there. <laughs> yeah, I just really love that. Like, yeah. ugh. <laughs> I definitely got to credit this opening for me liking it as a kid because, you know, when you have that short attention span as a kid, especially if you're watching something at school, it's so easy to just like, start talking to your friend. Right. The movie's definitely got a cartoony way of, of it, its aesthetics of kind of setting up kind of like what it looks like to to sell a scene. So if something's supposed to be scary, it's very scary. If something's got a light, it's very light. Yeah. And so this opening just kind of sucked me in between the music, the, the set design, and then Danny DeVito's narration because like as a kid, it's like it is so easy to just get right into the story. There's no like, yep, overarching. You don't have to learn about where the powers come from or mystic. It's just like there's this kid getting neglected, but it's kind of funny, <laughs> and I, I think it's a great like to to lure a kid in. I think it's a great opening to a movie. Oh, for sure. They this movie like the writers and Devito like waste no time to just be like, yeah, this is the the situation. She's brilliant. Family is ignorant. And she just, like, grows up and lives her life at home because she's not really being watched by anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and if we want to talk about great casting, I think Young Matilda is pretty damn good, too. Oh, yeah. Like, she really... Because re- it's not that many years between that and Namara Wilson, but, like, that I could see her growing up in Namara <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> it's the bangs. Yeah. Young Matilda was great. I know. She was really sweet. Like, at the library, too. Like, that... That's the coolest library I've ever seen, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But, like, they made it so that way you're seeing it from a kid's perspective, like, how high the desk is. Yeah, I was going to say I appreciated <laughs> the way they shot that. Like, it was all, the camera was always at her eye level. So, even even when it wasn't near her, like, when it was far away in a wide shot, we were still low to the ground. Yeah. And I kind of liked it. It was, like, we're seeing the world, how she sees it. I love that. And the beginning I love, too, because, like, you know, it's, like, super empowering as a kid to be, like, oh, my God, you got to make your own pancakes whenever you <laughs> want. Like... I guess I was used to the scenes when the kids are left alone and they go to eat and they end up making a mess. Because, like, they make food they want, but, like, they spill the milk everywhere and the ice cream and shit. And then, so, like, it was was cool to just see her, like, oh, no, she crushed it on the (laughs) pancake. She knew what she was doing. She did. And I think that's another thing, because I spent a lot of time at home alone, too, because my mom had to work and I was the only child, right? For sure. So, like, I think that also made me feel like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll make a meal for myself, though. Yeah. I wasn't making pancakes. I was putting Hot Pockets in the microwave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, yeah, it felt like something. Oh, that's Yo, the great. level of, like, kid cooking, the way it progresses is hilarious. Where, like, for me, it was, like, cereal was the first thing I was allowed to, like, do on my own, like... <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what, five? You were like, all right, you can pour your own cereal. And then it was like, then you can make Eggo waffles. And I was like, oh, shit, I can use the toaster. Like, now there's some heat. <laughs> and then eventually you're, like, doing the oven, like, the pizza bagels and shit. Like, you know, like, it's just, like, little small progressions. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. I don't know. It oh, I love my it. Head. Matilda and all her brilliance is learning all this stuff on her own. But it's kind of crazy how she's not surrounded by any other kids because um, her brother is a jerk and doesn't really, like, talk to her. I mean, her- this is some of the Harry Potter vibes. It's like she's yeah. living with the Dursleys or whatever. Yeah, and they're all obsessed with just, like, watching TV and being sort of, like, cheats. Yeah, and I like that, like, 
I mean, I don't know if it was a bold stance, but like TV was pretty damn popular, and and it wasn't. Mm. No, the, the movie took us a very firm stance of being like, yo. Don't neglect reading. Like, TV kind of makes you stupid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty dope. And uh, I just got to give a shout-out, too, to... I mean, it was definitely whatever the wife version of nepotism is in the casting, <laughs> but Rhea Perlman and Danny DeVito have so much fucking chemistry in this yeah. role. They do a thing that's hard to do where they both play absolute jerks, like monstrous, shitty people, but they also, I believe that they love each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Usually when you write these roles, it's like they're both miserable and they also hate each other. Yeah. And this is like, it's a it's a hard thing to pull off where they're shitty. Like you would hate them every step of the way, but you're like, they do love each other. <laughs> like they're not like baseless. They're yeah. not like just evil. They're just like completely like self-absorbed. They're and- great. They're on the same level of like being yeah, jerks. So they crush it. Like that role could have, those roles could have yeah. easily been... She did audition for it, to be I know, fair. I know. I was just <laughs> but I mean, come on. When you're directing a movie and producing it, and then your wife plays your wife. Yeah. That's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. A couple of doors were open. <laughs> but not that she didn't earn it. I love Rhea Perlman. Watch yeah. fucking all years of uh, Cheers. She's, She's so fantastic. freaking unique. Like, I hit the double bingo. Ah! Like, yeah. <laughs> just the way she, like, screams. And I always forget how, because, like, I'm so used to her as Carla from, from Cheers. Uh-huh. And this is so not Carla. And, like, you know, when you watch a sitcom, you, you sometimes you forget that, like, an actor can do other stuff. You're just, mm. like, you're so used to seeing them in one mode. And then, like, and then I see this and I was like, fuck, like, that's nothing like Carla. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's great. <laughs> so, yeah, I got to give her props. But going back to the TV, where this, where the story really starts to form is at the moment where they're all eating dinner, watching this crazy game show where people have to get as much dollar bills to stick to them as possible. Was yeah. that a real show? I should have looked that up. Not, no, it was, uh, there was something like that, but without the sticky glue. Like you were just in an air tube and, and uh, money flew around and you had to try to grab as many dollars. Yeah. They just wanted to add a level of humiliation, I imagine. Right. But yeah, this, uh, I know you've never seen RoboCop, but RoboCop has a lot of it satires TV culture and just like the dumbing down of America by watching these kind of programs. Uh-huh. And they also make fake programs in that. And it, so this feels like it falls right in, in line with, with those kind of oh. satires. Red alert. Red alert. Red alert. You crossed my line of death. You haven't dismantled your MX stockpile. Pakistan is threatening my border. That's it, Buster. No more military aid. Nuka. Get them before they get you. Another quality home game from Butler Brothers. And then also, I've played clips on past episodes, but in Idiocracy, when it takes place in the future of America, and the most famous show is called Ow My Balls, and it's just footage of people getting hit in the nuts, and, oh. like, you know, everyone in America loves it more than anything. Jesus. So this felt right in line with that. In your research of the differences between the book and the movie, uh, was it was TV the target, or was that something added to this version? Because obviously in 88, you could still make the same comparisons. Yeah, yeah. No, it w- from my research, I didn't see any difference in that in that aspect of things. Because I always look at it, like, before I knew this, I didn't know this was British, again, because I didn't know it was Rodal until we saw the show and mm-hmm. all the actors were speaking in a British accent. Um, so I didn't know it was originally British. So I always took this as, like, an indictment on, like, fat American culture. Mm. Like, just uh, this, all the stereotypes you imagine when you think of, like, entitled consumerist americans like you know like yeah we're sleazy we're we're, we eat junk food we 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 don't talk we don't talk with our family everyone just puts a tray in front of their face like we microwavable food but obviously 
I mean, obviously, maybe he was writing it about America, but knowing that it's British puts a different spin on that for me. So do you have any? Yeah, I mean, I didn't... Early on, obviously, I didn't know it was British, but I, I guess it was more about the smarts thing rather than the fat thing. It's very apparent. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, obviously, they're unhealthy eaters and, and all that. But it was American, more... I don't mean he's making fun of fat people. I mean the stereotype of the fat American, yeah. which includes being stupid. Like, yeah. it's like stupid, fat, Coca-Cola, you know, like, yeah, bucket for, of chicken. For me, I, I think I took the surface level, like, TV versus books. Yeah, okay. that That's what That probably makes me. more sense. I guess I'm just putting my own, <laughs> no, putting it, my own mustard on it. Yeah. Ooh, mustard. All right. Is it honey mustard? All right. All right. <laughs> Actually, before we dive back into this scene, I do want to get your opinion on an earlier scene that happens. Um, sort of, I'm going to connect those two. So Matilda really wants to go to school. That's denied because her father wants her to stick around the house to pick up these packages. Yeah. These mysterious packages yeah. that are clearly illegal. <laughs> uh-huh. But obviously, I didn't know that until, like, when you're a kid, you don't really get it until, like, it, the FBI is out there and you're like, oh, this seems a little sketchy to me. Yeah. But we find out that um, Matilda's dad, Mr. Wormwood, is like the sleazy car salesman yeah. who collects stolen parts and sells, like, cheap cars for unreasonable prices. Mm-hmm. And Matilda and her brother go out to see Mr. Wormwood's busi- business and yeah. find out she- he's a cheat. Like, I'd love to, like, hear your opinion on, like, this scene and also the following scene in the restaurant. Yeah, those were interesting. And I like it because, uh, I mean, the thing you just glossed over lately is the setup of the night before when he's yelling at Matilda. And then that's when he makes the slip up of saying, when a person does something wrong, a person gets punished. And, right. And then... She goes to bed and realize he should have said a, when a child is does something it's wrong. bad, yeah. So then that justifies her on her start of like I'm gonna start punishing adults. Exactly. Which you know she does with the peroxide. I mean they're fun as kids. I thought they were hilarious, like watching Danny DeVito with the peroxide in his hair. And <laughs> I, I watching it Such now. Such a though, scary scene. Yeah, wa- watching. As a kid. Yeah, watching it as uh like at this age now though, like how stupid are these parents to not question the kids? Like, you know, like if we're in the house and like all of a sudden. Something like specific is missing. I like ask you, and then if you say you don't know, then like we really try and figure out why the fuck something moved. Uh-huh. But if we had kids, and so you know what I mean, like if I had kids and I woke up at night and I like uh, I slipped on something on the floor, and I'd be like, "What these fucking kids?" You know what I mean? <laughs> so I just find it very funny that he didn't think even once to be like, "Are these kids messing with my hair?" Like you know, uh, they're just like, "How did that peroxide get in my hair?" Right. Goes? Well, she did put it in his like normal like hair thing, so I that's know, why. It does, and it does have a smell in real life. Yeah. So we're making exceptions I here. Know. <laughs> but yeah, good point. Good um, point. But other than that, no, yeah, they were just super fun scenes. They, and I like that it sets up that Matilda like fights back before she gets powers. Mm. I think that's like a slightly more like empowering thing for the character, right? Rather than the powers giving her yeah. the confidence. Yeah, yeah. It's more like she's like at this point, like she smites her parents, and then it's like Mrs. Trunchbull when we meet her becomes. Like, the actual like villain you right know? yeah um but yeah they were interesting funny scenes watching danny devito freak out's always hilarious <laughs> um yeah that when she's r- rolling around the bedroom though i do remember like the first time watching it when the mom pops up uh, and you get scared and then they cleverly put the eyeballs on it too as like an extra like <laughs> 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 you know? 
That's that fantastic. Funny. But yeah, I mean, they were just they were just a romp. Yeah, thing. I I just like the way that they show you like they don't just spell it out that he's like cheating these people. They kind of like walk you step by step and you put it together and like wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> you do all of these like crazy things yeah, to sell he's, a like, car. Using super glue instead of uh, super super glue instead of uh, uh, yeah. what's it called? You know, welding it on and the bumper on messing with the mileage. Like he's doing all these awful things. So yeah, Matilda ends up super super gluing his hat to his head, which. Yeah. I don't know if it would have worked out that way. Though. I know. I feel like it would have lost some skin. Yeah. Oh. Um. The fibers are fused to the hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fibers. You talking the fibers are fused. <laughs> but I gotta say, I did love this restaurant scene, and I'm now realizing that this might be the root of my love of fruit tarts. Really? Oh, because because until they get the fruit tart. At yeah, the end? she gets a fruit tart. Yeah, I don't care for a fruit tart, so I was like, I saw it and I was like, eh. <laughs> I like to brush the fruit off and then not eat the rest, or uh. just not not have one. I don't understand. I mean, I understand. Custard. Yeah, custard. It's the custard. Yeah, custard's not good. But yeah, that brings me back to this TV scene because, you know, I think Mr. Wormwood is on this power trip. So he basically forces Matilda to watch this TV. And this is the first time we see any evidence of her having powers. Honestly, I know everybody like there's a lot of scenes in this movie that can traumatize kids. Mm-hmm. And I know most people will all bring it back to Miss Trunchbull, the Chokey, the Chocolate Cake. This was always the scene that fucked me up the most as a really? kid. Really? It was so fucking scary. Like, I just couldn't really still wrap my head around the fact that, like, this was, like, her real family. Like, she had, like, that level of, like, trapped. If you're, like, f- six years old, mm. and you're just, like, in this house with these, like, monstrous people that, like, not only do you hate, they're, like, legit mean. Like, this, this movie doesn't really candy coat the meanness. Like... Like, when they're, like, ripping up the books in front of her, you know, just oh, like, shit like that. Yeah. So, I just, like, scared the fuck out of me, and I gotta give it to the the DP and the and the crew lighting this movie, too. Because not just this scene, but a lot of scenes, the lighting is done really well and really deliberate. Mm. And, like, specifically the way that they have them, like, turn off all the lights in the living room, so, like, the whole room's only illuminated by this fucking TV. Yeah. And it's, like, the ugliest orange. Like, I don't even, I can't even... I mean, it was like a yellow orange hue. <laughs> Not great lighting for the Hungry Man microwavable yeah, it just plates. Looked, it just made everything like it's like the opposite of lighting a scene for film or like an interview or like when you want something just to be like the standard of beauty. Yeah. It was the opposite. It was just gross and muddy and everybody's laughing and like he's holding her head in place. You've never seen a clockwork orange, but it kind of reminded me of that. Whoa. So it's like. It could be a callback. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't know. I, I still haven't read a Roald Dahl book, but just based on this and Willy Wonka, like, this motherfucker loves to scare kids. Because, <laughs> like, he just kills them, like... And I'm wondering in the book, too, if it sugarcoats the... Or, I, I do feel like a, a couple times with, like, Miss Trunchbull, they do have to sugarcoat some stuff to be like, alright, she's not murdering the kids. Right. Is she murdering them in the book? Because, like, if the idea is that she's throwing kids headfirst out windows... No, I think that stays in the book. Um, because I feel like if it wasn't that, I would have I would have made note of it. Wait, wait. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, so yeah, the TV scene is it's and still on this watch too. I'm like, I still think this is the most uncomfortable, like, scariest mm. scene of the movie. Apparently, this was like the high one of the highlights of Mara's like day, like watching the TV blow up because really? you know the way they shot it, like. It was so cool to her and like yeah. the kids being like, yeah, let's blow it up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that uh, scream from Mrs. Wormwood was because it was so loud and startling. Oh, they kept so, it in the movie. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that seems pretty damn good. Yeah. And that's what I like. <clears throat> that's what I mean. Like on this show when I sometimes I like I rail against certain kids entertainment when I just find that they're being a little lazy where it's like 
sometimes people equate making it for adults as like adding in some sexual jokes or like mm. modern pop like political references that a kid might not get and like those are fine but what i mean when i'm saying like make it for adults it's like put some craft in it the way a filmmaker would like any other movie mm. where they were given a fuck you know what i mean so like like this is this movie is inherently a kid's movie like the plot isn't complicated enough for like an adult to be challenged by it but it's entertaining and it's shot just like you know we're watching uh, anything anything else that's that's out there that's like you know i'm not i was about to say something like amazing but uh, (laughs) no i get it so yeah so i just like appreciate like they took the time to light it differently to shoot it differently to get these performances out of people it's it just it all makes a difference yeah as opposed to when you're like yeah it's fucking kids whatever just wait till she gets the powers you know yeah even the restraint of how long the movie goes before she gets powers i forgot that (laughs) like it's like like it's almost half the movie before it's a while and she doesn't master them until the last quarter of the movie. yeah yeah but like in my memory you know it's like it's kind of like home alone where like you think the whole movie is him like hitting hitting joe pesci in the nuts and yeah then it's 18 minutes you know right. it's, like, it's so little yeah so it's like, i appreciate it. i appreciate the tv scene yeah so moving on i mean the the reason why matilda's finally able to go to school is because mr wormwood basically squeezes it into a deal with um during his like transaction with miss trunchbull who comes to his dealership to buy a car yeah yeah and i love that they don't show miss trunchbull until like the reveal at the school yeah they like, play the villainous of her yeah great. it's so like i think that ties into what you said like you're scaring these kids yeah yeah like don't just don't make her silly make her yeah. actually like she's over the top like she's not yeah, a yeah. realistic person by any means but like is she still scary as a kid i remember like yeah and like you know she's like kind of gross too you know like the close-up like because again like the weird things that stick with me that when like i always just like i I think the nastiest part of this movie is when you're miss honey's telling the flashbacks of the chocolates and she goes much too good for children and puts one in her teeth her teeth are all black and like yep and i'm just like oh like (laughs) i was just like this is disgusting yo i don't have face face blindness like you but i will tell you once i saw pam the woman who played miss trunchbull like as a person yeah completely different like unrecognizable i'm sure maybe i've seen her but i don't think i it's ever registered remember the aunt in prisoner of azkaban the the big aunt who blows into a balloon yeah yeah that's her okay <laughs> but in that movie she doesn't look like her still yeah. like the makeup that they add to miss trunchbull in this movie and in harry potter like yeah. she's a pr- very like pretty woman you know yeah, and they yeah, like yeah. really did a great job just like from the prosthetic like they added a prosthetic nose and like added like they they put mascara on her peach hairs to make her look like she had a little bit of a mustache yeah. like she had um like bodysuit on to make her like bigger and like oh, it's a great it's just costume. so great that could be a great halloween costume miss trunchbull oh my god yeah that'd be fantastic um but you yeah should, you should find someone miss trunchbull and you could be lavender Ooh, wow <laughs> that's lavender <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh and the i think the added layer of what makes her so scary is the gossip that happens on the playground yeah makes like even hypes her up even more like as being the scary person for sure and even i mean the the set design of the school itself it <laughs> looks like a prison <laughs> like it's like it's it's so funny how just when it's shot on that wide shot from the outside it's just like gray dark overgrown yeah. like how did they all the grass is dead there's nothing there's no life the school the school department is not checking in on this yeah. school at all. 
school department. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's this is where it feels like old and British, where it's like mm. this is like some old like British Academy type shit where they run by their own rules, oh, like the yeah. same public school. <laughs> yeah, we're not throwing girls around with their pigtails, That's huh? Fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> that little girl, uh, like I remembered that scene, but I didn't realize how high pitched that little girl's <laughs> voice was. I forgot that she like flies like glides through the grass fields like that was a little silly for me like really i was just like if you really want to make this scary i don't need her to like die or anything there, but she almost landed on the fence almost but like at least like hurt leg or something i don't uh, know it, just, it made it seem so fantastical where i was like uh like she's ah uh, lame she landed so fine yo but the because i just like i'm talking about the first time you watch this the juxtaposition of being like all right, how mean could this lady be? What is she going to do? Put him in detention? And then uh-huh. she grabs this little girl by her pigtail starts whipping her around. You've <laughs> never seen that. That's brand new. No, no. Movies don't do that. So then you're like, fuck, this lady's a goddamn psycho. And then she chucks her. And then you're like, oh, my God. But then, you know, there's no reason yeah. why she would have landed so softly. Like, I mean, I that... Without what, magical realism, That's you know? one I remember from the book. Like, it's not as, like lovely as that like she like tumbles and stuff and rolls around but yeah they took a liberty there yeah like what if she tumbled around and then like the strength was that like she still picked flowers for miss honey like even though she like got hurt you know yeah it was a little too like i feel like it took the bite away from the end when she make matilda makes the kid fly around Mm. because i was like i've already seen them get thrown and like by all accounts they're probably fine (laughs) (laughs) that's funny just the way that they like there was a production designer who i i guess he's like a pro at building gardens so Uh like just him repopulating the flowers in between takes like hearing them talk about it was so cool yeah like they built a sled obviously for her to like go through it's so cool it is funny though how there's like right outside of the gates though is a beautiful flower field (laughs) but inside the gates everything's dead damn (laughs) yeah that's That's pretty like like, it's something that i'm not not mad at the scene i'm just thinking like if you really want me to make like miss trenchable seem the scariest because i didn't like when they first mentioned the chokey, I remember as a kid, I remember mm. being shocked that it was, like, real. You yeah. know, like, because in movies like this, like, kids always have active imaginations. So you just think they're like, ah, they're overreacting. But yes. it's like, no, that's a fucking real thing. Yeah, the chokey. That was one difference between the movie and the book. Matilda never goes in the chokey in, uh, the, in the book, but she does in the movie. But, yeah. like, once. Yeah, it's not as, like, traumatizing as you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know? But it's freaking scary. I agree with you. I think every kid should have a Miss Honey in their life at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I entered school every year and I was like, yo, this lady better resemble Miss Honey, you know, like, <laughs> in elementary school. Not aggressive. <laughs> so you better fucking resemble her. But I think this was the first time I witnessed sort of like a twist in my programming, like that what I was watching when I was younger. Uh-huh. Like knowing that, Miss Honey and Trunchbull had a past. Uh-huh. I think that was like the whoa, seriously? Like, like how's Star that Wars possible? Of your generation. Exactly. <laughs> and it was Ms. really Trunchbull dark. Is my aunt. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I I thought this backstory was really dark. Oh yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. That's like with the thing where I was saying like they're not afraid to have a little bit more adult themes in uh in these kids movies like they just straight yeah. up say she killed her 
Well, first, even the killed himself. Like, mm-hmm. I know that's not his storyline, but even when they were just like, yeah, and then five years later, my dad killed himself. I'm like, you never write that in a kid's movie. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, he ran away or like, you know, he got sad and left. Something I, shit like that. I think they changed the occupation to doctor for the movie. He was something else in the book, yeah, but I don't think it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. What I do like is that the painting of the father in the movie is an actual painting of Roald Dahl. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. <laughs> I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. I think the family appreciates it. Yeah, that. finding out the finding out the um the hidden backstory. It also made more sense of like why Miss Honey works there. Someone's was like, why do mm. you work there? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And why don't any other teachers work <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, they try to make it seem like it's a bigger school, but like I never buy it. <laughs> Even at the end when she's like she knows she finds the ribbon and she has to like figure out who did it. Like, why is it only Miss Honey's class? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it could be any kid in the entire school. Right. She's like, who does this belong to? <laughs> Yo, her her smelling powers are impeccable. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like we just could jump around because a lot of fun things happen. But should we unpack this chocolate cake scene, the most famous scene in the movie? Oh yeah, are you okay? Yeah, it was gross. Because you were struggling a <laughs> yeah, little bit watching not. this scene. I don't like eating. I don't like gross eating, and this was the grossest of eating. I mean, did you have this reaction when you watched this as a kid? Yeah, or even worse. Like it was. Whoa. I mean, everybody was, and like still to this day. I still kind of believe that that cook's blood is really in that cake. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> yo, the, the expression is blood, sweat, and tears. So she goes, his blood and te- uh, blood and sweat are yeah. in this. And she doesn't say tears. I'm like, now it's not an expression anymore. Yeah. <laughs> now, like, like, now you're just telling me what the fuck dripped into this thing. Yeah, and she, like, sniffs on her arms uh, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's... Uh, they they had a reunion of the cast i think a few years ago and mm-hmm. they brought all the kids or like m- the main kids back and the main characters and it was so funny because bruce the kid who plays him is like mad skinny now yeah that's funny <laughs> i was like oh man did he talk about it? Like, i imagine he probably didn't eat chocolate cake for years after that no he he was like yeah danny devito was like how'd you lose all the weight he's like i didn't eat chocolate cake yeah but uh, apparently he like hated chocolate like oh, as a kid really? but he was too shy to say it so like it, by the time like they realized it, he was too late I it was can't. too late because i like chocolate but i don't like chocolate cake like that like mm. that shit is just too rich it's like chocolate cake with chocolate frosting yeah and, like, but uh Are you, yeah because yeah, i know like most actors come like not complain but like they'll talk about if they have to do an eating scene it's rough because you do so many takes that eventually like most actors don't swallow the food because it's just yeah. like you'll be fucking sick to your stomach if you eat that many pieces of steak and so this is like he has to eat it for the takes. I can only imagine by the yeah. end. They did have a spit bucket. Yeah. Yeah, but he did eat a lot of cake. <laughs> but still, even yeah, even if you're not swallowing cake, it's like that richness in your mouth. I would gag. Yeah. I so, couldn't do it. So I gathered that this scene in particular, like of him eating the cake, actually took like I think about two weeks to shoot. Just because every time they did a cake, they had to make sure the piece in his hand well like for continuity was the same shape and yeah like there was just a lot of stuff that they had to do so poor kid you know was eating chocolate cake for a while oh god i can't i can't imagine but yeah that scene is hilarious i just love it just right to the break another glass thing on his head (laughs) again with like they're just not sure (laughs) just like yeah no i just like break glass (laughs) over kids head Oh, we missed it. It was just a funny line because this movie has a lot of quick, like, throwaway lines from Miss Trunchbull. Yes. And when she's outside yelling at all the kids, like, like tighten up the pants, like, like loosen up your boots or whatever. And she yes. goes, you're too small. Grow up quicker. And she <laughs> yeah. just yells at a kid for being too little. <laughs> Grow it's up It's unreasonable. Like, 
Well, I, I don't, I'm not going to bring this up and be on the credits, but like, I think like just digging into Trunchbull's past, like why she hates children so much yeah. would be so interesting. Yeah. In the era of making movies like Cruella and, and TV shows like Ratchet, they should just be Trunchbull on, yeah, on Netflix. For just eight real. episode. <laughs> Trunchbull. Um, so the actress who played Trunchbull, her, like what she thought of when she was playing this character was that she thinks that Trunchbull was like took steroids like when she was in the olympics so it's just like that steroid rage that yeah, she was like, dealing she with has, like uh, an imbalance so you know she, when she's high she's high when she's low she's crazy low yeah <laughs> that's real funny no i thought that was an interesting i love when actors do deep dives into their characters that we don't know yeah yeah <laughs> their job masha yes <laughs> <laughs> i i hate horror we all know this but this breaking into the house scene, I think, was one of the most traumatic scenes I ever watched as a kid. <laughs> Just everything about it was hard. Like, that was as much horror that I could handle at that age, yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is because they, like, we said it three, 300 times, they made Trunchbull successfully scary. Yeah. So you actually were like, fuck, if they get caught, she'll kill one of them. Like, yeah. What. It- I, I think you're gonna like this. So that house that they that Miss Trunchbull slash Miss Honey's home. Yeah. Um, it's called the Crank House. I, I don't know why, but um, it's it's this Victorian style home. Um, that was actually used to shoot a bunch of stuff. Uh-huh. I don't know the time the timelines, but it's notably featured in Hocus Pocus. Catch me if you can. Yeah. And it was the Omega Beta Zeta sorority house in scream 2 oh nice <laughs> very cool so i mean horror hello yeah, right? that's great <laughs> so yeah this this house scene just everything about it you're learning it's so i feel like you follow matilda's curiosity about wanting to explore the house and get everything for miss honey but like once trunchbull shows up i think that they really that's the first time you feel the weight of miss trunchbull's character just the way she moves the house and like is so heavy yeah. and strong and you're like these are two like very fragile human beings oh yeah that are not gonna survive no no <laughs> i also like the irony that it's uh the reason she trunchbull comes back early is because the house the car breaks down so yes. it's like her dad fucking her again you know <laughs> it's, like, it's yeah. like god damn it this guy always fucking my day up <laughs> oh that made me laugh I, uh, the actress who played Miss Trunchbull, I forgot to mention, did undergo like a lot of injuries during this, really? this movie, like from the pigtail throwing, you know, her fingers got caught in some wires, yeah. um, which kind of sucked, um, to like the eraser scene at the end, like they're literally hitting her with erasers, like yeah, people yeah. on the crew, like she had to like really step, step nice. up and dealt with a lot, but she as a person was so sweet on set and even though her and Danny DeVito initially planned on every time she's in costume having her like not talk to the kids and uh-huh. like be like Miss Trunchbull it didn't end up working out because I guess so I read that the kids would like dare each other to like hold her hand like in between takes because uh, like you know they're like oh she's so scary like i dare you to hold her hand <laughs> and then like one of the kids did it and like she broke character and then from that point uh, on it so just funny. couldn't work oh i would have loved it if you just like she just picked the kid up and shook him <laughs> like what are you doing you never come to me <laughs> <laughs> that's what i would have done um but yeah i mean from this point forward i matilda just makes it a point to um get that stuff for miss honey you know lissy doll a chocolate 
Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, and then like this, um, return magic chocolate box that holds like eight chocolates, but has still stayed filled since the eighties. <laughs> even yes. though when her dad was alive, they had one. Every, they had two, one every night, and it seems like oh, Trunchbull hasn't been laying off it based on how she Yo, looks. I know. I am so embarrassed by the amount of Ferrero Rochers I opened as if they were a chocolate from the from the box. And then you go, much too good for children. No. And then you eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that every time I eat chocolate. <laughs> much too good for children. So gross. <laughs> but yeah, that scene's super scary. And again, I was just surprised. I'm like, she still doesn't have her powers, really. Like, she's mm-hmm. done a couple things, but but overall... Yeah, I'm in no place to be like Danny DeVito did a great job, but I personally think that he really brought so much to the movie, and I felt like he like his direction just nailed it across the board. Yeah, um, even I mean, getting a good thing out of kids is hard, and yeah, he, nailed it. But were you, sorry, he, he really did. Like, there were so many stunts in this movie um, that the kids had to undergo, and they just had to make sure that the kids were safe. Um, from making Matilda feel the Mara um, feel comfortable on set uh, like he would r- pull her aside and be like you know like whatever you need like just let me know especially supporting her during the time with her mother and dealing with that and the fact that Mara was able to finish this movie and do publicity for it yeah. <laughs> you know afterwards At like is, seven or whatever yeah but she he would do things like I I found out you know, Matilda has this doll in her um, that she holds, like her own personal doll with the red hair uh-huh. that like dances during that like that scene where she's practicing her powers. Yeah. Danny DeVito had her design the doll because he was like, you know, in his head, if she designs it and makes the doll, then she'll feel closer to it when she's like on camera wow. with it. Like yeah. just small details like that. Yeah. And another thing that he did, you know, there's this amazing montage where matilda is practicing her powers at home with the cereal and like the poker chips and dancing around mara was very embarrassed to dance in front of the crew and she's like i i'm too scared to dance and danny devito's answer was everyone's it's it's okay you're not going to be alone like everyone's dancing today Uh so during that scene everyone in the crew like the pas the sound guy like the director like everyone is dancing behind except the camera operator for obvious reasons and it's just like stuff like that it's like really cool (laughs) oh that's cool good old devito great devito he didn't pull his foot out was like wah (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't like i'm the trash man i eat the trash (laughs) You didn't pay the, the troll toll to get into the boys' hole. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say, he is your troll. T- oh, fuck. <laughs> he is your toll, troll. Right, By the way, were you not a... Uh, oh, crap, what's it called? A Pee Wee Herman fan? Is it Pee Wee yeah, Herman? Yeah, Pee Wee Herman fan. Oh, you didn't like say anything when he came on screen. I knew he was in the movie. I've seen it before. Oh, true, true, yeah, true. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, Paul Rubens as the uh, sales boat salesman. Yeah. <laughs> really nice guys. <laughs> Yo, Rhea Perlman talks just like fucking Harley Quinn. Wait, who did? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, Mr. J, what are you doing here? They're sales boat salesman. <laughs> sales boats. Yeah. This? Yeah. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> are you having a seizure? <laughs> <laughs> I said sales boat salesman, and I was like, that didn't sound right, but I think it's right. And I'm like, no, definitely not right. 
That was the journey I went through. <laughs> the fact that I didn't realize they were holding a tape recorder in their hand the whole time yeah, they're hanging yeah. out with well, her. That's the joke is that like they're not subtle. Like that camera they use, <laughs> the lens is like bigger than their face and shit. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Oh, it's great. It is funny that to have Paul Rubens as Pee Wee Herman like in a movie, but he doesn't do that much... And he's not that comedic. Like, mm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, it's, it's funny. You think, is he trying to just, like, shed that, like, Pee Wee Herman? He's like, no, I'm just in movies now. Right. <laughs> Apparently, uh... Was this before or after the masturbation? The masturbation? Oh, yeah, yeah. He got, uh... He was... Uh, he, he stopped doing stuff for a while because someone caught him at a... Uh, <gasps> hey, all right. First of all, caught's a fucked up word. He was masturbating in a porno. <laughs> <I caught you. laughs> he was masturbating in a porno theater, which technically is against the rules. But, I mean, what do you expect? Wait. It's against the rules in a porno theater? I'm pretty sure you can't just masturbate. Like, in oh, the- I guess they changed the rules. Not that, not me knowing Like a movie. That. Like, you're like, really? <laughs> oh, back when I used to go. <laughs> I guess they changed the rules. You're like, let me talk to Manny. He'll let me do it. He always is good to no, it. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> that stays in. That stays in. Jeez, uh, What do you mean change the rules? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty uh, sure you can't okay. masturbate in public. Like, I think you can get uh, private rooms and, like, rent a movie and masturbate. But I'm saying okay. when it's, like, a movie theater. Like, yeah, an actual, yeah, yeah. like he was in one of those. When was this? Uh, in the 90s, well, I, I guess. if it was before or after this. Oh, I didn't like that But anyway, he kind of, like, went away for a while. He eventually came back. But, like, at the end of the day... I don't think that's that big of a deal. I don't. I, I don't want to go to a, a porno theater and masturbate. But yeah. I, if you go to a porno theater, you gotta imagine there's gonna be some people popping up. But off. also, I like you're famous now. Can't you do that at home? Yeah, but maybe he gets a rush. Who knows? They had porno he, tapes in the nineties. Weird kinks. Who the fucking knows? I mean, he needs to be in public. Uh. <laughs> S- all of a sudden, Pee Wee Herman is not a great name to <laughs> be associated with. Well, I think I think that's why he got unfairly like punished because he was a kids performer uh, you know what i mean like i okay. think i think if it was like mark Wahlberg or something like it, it wouldn't have had that much of a repercussion but like yeah. the fact that he was only known for entertaining kids and then it was just like Wee herman called masturbating everyone yeah. was like he's a pervert yeah and like again i don't i'm not saying i want to masturbate in public i'm not saying we should all go do it but <laughs> <laughs> for the grand scheme of crimes that's not that big a deal uh, I, like he's only doing it in front of other people who were in that, also, who lived that world? You know what I mean. Like, who was the jerk that reported yeah, that? Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> if, uh, if it was modern day, then someone would have went on that guy's Twitter and found his weird shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this, this was way before cancel culture. Yo, the journalist must have loved like the headline. Like, oh, it was he puts the pee wee and pee wee. Yeah, or, yeah, I don't know yeah. what it was. But pee wee wee. You know, like pee wee wee. That would be yours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pee wee wee exposes himself. <laughs> Uh, we got caught off track. You were like, this was right before, and I was like, the masturbation. So, (laughs) clearly you were going to say something else. No, I was going to say that I think they were trying to get Arnold to be one of the FBI guys, but he had a scheduling conflict. Yeah. You know, because he'd been doing, like, those cop things. I guess. And him and Danny were close. Oh, yeah, him and Danny. All right. I was like, what's the connection? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, honestly, that would have taken me out of the movie. Because even as a kid, I knew who Arnold Schwarzenegger was. I would have waited was. to be like, I can't wait for his big scene. And then it never <laughs> would have happened. But you're like, what? You had Arnold? There's no big scene? <laughs> he doesn't tell someone to chill out. <laughs> I am a boat salesman. Yeah. Do you want to buy a speedboat from me? <laughs> salesman. All right. Uh, sells out to the roof. <laughs> what oh, did we got to get the sales. Sell the boat. All right. (laughs) I want to know what stuck out to you with this last sort of like heroic scene. 
Well, first, before that heroic scene, you talking about when she just like whoops ass with her powers. Oh wait, yeah. I want to talk about Miss Honey coming to the house to talk about her. Oh yeah, and let's you, talk about that. I mean, it's a good. So Miss Honey comes to the house, tries to get Matilda to you know th- them to give have a shit tea. about Matilda. Yo, a giveaway should have been them putting milk in their tea when they have tea parties. <laughs> wait, who? Miss Honey and Matilda. Wait, what do you mean a giveaway? That it was, it's British. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's not the scene I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about when Miss Honey goes to Matilda's house and talks oh, to Oh, goes parents. to Matilda's house. Yes, yes, yes. Because these fucking, like, I know you're always talking about it's a TV thing. It's not the fat thing. Yeah. Uncooked marshmallows on a skewer. Oh, yeah. For maybe dinner, but at least dessert. Either way, gross. Yeah. Like, they're just walking around like they have, like, a fine treat in their hand. And it's just, like, seven uncooked marshmallows on a shish kebab skewer. Yeah, I think they had, like, gummy worms in between. Gummy bears in between them. That's a nice touch. Like, that makes me want to hate their guts. Like, (laughs) I I can't. I can't co-sign any of that. That's insane. Oh, yeah. That's the work of a madman. Like, make, like. All you gotta do is hold a skewer over the stove. Like you can make s'mores in your house. They're not as good, but like yeah. at least heat up the marshmallows. <laughs> yeah, on a skewer. Just, just psychos. Yeah, that's so funny that's all I that that to stuck say. out to you. <laughs> Yo, I'm sorry for jumping around, but Let's jump. the the first scene where they break into the house, like Miss Honey and Matilda, is freaking scary. Yeah, but I love this revenge scene when Matilda goes back at night. Oh yeah. <laughs> first of all. Almost choking and killing her brother on the way there. Yeah, which is hilarious. The carrot. That was great. She does a fucking Matrix Neo. She stops the carrot mid-air. <laughs> and her brother says nothing? Yeah. Like to his parents? I know, right? She's like, yo, yeah. <laughs> I love Danny DeVito in the background either. too. Like, chew your food. You're an animal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, his prepackaged like hungry man carrots from his microwave meal yeah but i think matilda read just the right amount of horror books to know how to haunt miss trunchbull yeah, you know like good. she really thought but it was that like through. haunting with like a purpose because it was like it was like you're not just haunted it's the haunting of your dead brother that you killed like, yeah yeah doing the, the painting was really smart when they take off her painting and replace it with magnus yeah yeah i dug that I dug, I dug all of it. <laughs> cool. That's all. I just needed to give credit to that scene. Yeah. And I know we already praised how good Mara Wilson is, but like, the, I think one of the things she's so good at is she can play, like, it's a it's a pretty serious character. It's a character who likes to read, who doesn't really find her family amusing. She's always like that serious. But she also plays like that kid wonderment really well. Like, like you know, when she's doing her powers and she's doing the dance. Like, yeah. She seems very much like the way a kid would be like, holy fuck, I have powers. This is so <laughs> exciting. And she's playful, like when she scares Miss Honey on the stairs when they're in Miss Trunchbull's house. Yeah, like yeah. it's a very scary situation, but she still hides and she's like, "Boo!" <laughs> and runs up the stairs. That was one of the most fascinating things that I found when watching the BTS. Because as she, there was even there's a a feature on the DVD where like it's like behind the scenes by Mara Wilson and like they gave her a camera to walk around set. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Oh my god, she's like not Matilda." Like it yeah. had to click for me. That she had a script and was given direction on how to act. Like, she's actually a kid. Like, yeah. she's not thinking and being like, I love Moby Dick. You know, yeah. like, she's not talking about Charles Dickens. Exactly. That <laughs> was really fascinating. But, yeah, I think I agree with you. She does that very well. And then, yeah, so, like, that pretty much leads to her in the final revenge scene at the school. I gotta say, though, like, I know this is a sweet movie, but a sweet girl with sweet powers. But, like, when she shows Miss Honey that she has magic powers and then she just looks and says no more miss nice girl <laughs> i'm like yo that is the start of a serial killer <laughs> like, like this kid's about to taste unchecked power uh, for the first time and like she like this is this is kind of 
Oh, this was written in the 80, late 80s? No, this came out in 96. No, the book. Oh, 88. Oh, so this is way after Stephen King wrote Carrie. I was wondering if, if Carrie was uh, at all a response to uh, this or uh-huh. vice versa. Because oh. that's the story of a girl when she turns 17 and gets kinetic powers just like Matilda. Yeah. But it doesn't go uh, quite as sweet and nice as this one. Mm. Um, I saw the blood. So I was like, yeah, this girl is one step like. A couple, <laughs> couple uh, wrong steps away from using this power to burn down her entire gymnasium yeah. and kill all her classmates. Yo, I freaking love also in that scene, it didn't have to turn into this whole like, I don't believe you. Like it was just a quick like, oh, you have powers. Yeah, all right, yeah. moving on. Well, because like, they did it a little bit where they seeded it earlier where she did tell her and then she didn't believe her. Yeah. So it was already like, it's not like she never even heard about the power. I know. Like, she was like, fuck, you weren't lying. Like, you But know. you know, like where the kid loses faith in all the adults in their life because yep. they don't believe. Like, they yeah. didn't have to go through that. No, I like, yeah, I like that. That was, that was cool. But yeah, and then uh, this last part, I mean, when you're a kid, it's just so fun. Like, it's just her getting the ultimate revenge on Miss Trunchbull. Oh, yeah. Just fucking her up. Like, uh, using the chalk to... Uh, write the message that was I remember when we saw it on Broadway that was still the most impressive effect they did in my opinion yeah because I remember watching it too I was like I wonder if they're gonna do the chalk thing from the last scene in the movie Mm -hmm. and sure enough a piece of chalk floated on that stage and wrote on the chalkboard and I was like I do wonder if they use the same technique they used in the movie which was they inserted mag a magnet in the chalk yeah yeah and then somebody is behind the board writing it yeah it might be so I, I think it's easy to easier to pull easy to pull off on Broadway, and you just have it like pre written. Yeah, I guess pre written because the, the it's easier in the movie because you can cut away. Mm-hmm. But like when you have to actually like change the chalk to a new letter, if it's magnetized, the chalk might fall. Like yes. you know what I mean? Like in the movie, you can have them do one letter cut, cut back, and now they're on the next letter. Yeah. So I think it might be kind of harder on Broadway, but I don't mm. know. I feel like there's other ways to fake it. Yeah. I don't know anything about effects on Broadway, so I'm <laughs> sure anyone would be like, oh, I know easy how they do it yeah. right <laughs> there's nothing creepier than a bunch of kids reading together yeah yeah <laughs> especially the fucking words of a vengeful ghost <laughs> oh. just like you got me <laughs> <laughs> that is a promise <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was pretty fun and i love to like matilda's getting the info beforehand where she was like yeah what, what was his name what do you call you like what the fuck like what's your favorite food like <laughs> Plus, you pissed your pants that time in 1949. Yeah. <laughs> so I got action. By the way, refill the chocolates before you leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I seriously did want to be Lavender, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, I want Matilda to be my best friend because she's the only black girl in this movie and I relate to her. <laughs> <laughs> There's some other random black kids in the background sometimes. Yeah, there were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. The only one with any and it's so funny because i was like man that girl has a unique voice and then i watched the 20 year reunion and she still has that voice really? like that scratchy you know i remember i loved the the girl who played lavender on, on broadway that we saw she was awesome Do you remember oh her? vaguely but i remember like she had like a spunk to her yeah she had a lot of spunk yeah spunk's yeah. a good word the word he's looking for is sassy you better pray you don't find it and then yeah i mean we get a nice happily ever after at the end with uh the parents coming in trying to run away to guam <laughs> yo guam was always the joke when i was a kid like <laughs> like oh really? you're from guam like it was always like if you needed to say a place that was like the middle of nowhere uh-huh. like, nobody, know, nobody knew what it was or didn't he like it just, just sounded weird like 
were you from Guam? Like if someone like did something that like they Yo, didn't know. Yo, you guys were using Guam and oh, jokes. We were dropping Guam regularly in elementary school. That's crazy. <laughs> it was just I feel like it was in media too. It wasn't just this. So I just like, oh, we're gonna go move to Guam to get away from it. You know, it's like <laughs> whoa. In the book, it's Spain that they flee uh, to. That makes more sense. Yeah, it's closer. Also, no way the cops didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> before they got. So there, I imagine. Yeah. They were so loud. The sirens were so loud. <laughs> and they have so much evidence. Like, even if they ran away. <laughs> you laughed out loud when she had the adoption papers in her backpack. Oh, just because like adopting a kid is hard as fuck. Like you get, like you don't get to make that decision. Like the the courts make this. Like you don't get to be like, I want them to adopt my kid. Like. Well, I think fruit. it's it's more of like a custody handing off uh, more said, than adoption adopt yeah, they use so. the word adopt a couple of times yeah and also they didn't really ask miss honey <laughs> like you know what i mean like like she was just like why don't you guys adopt me and miss honey's like what she's like yeah i have the papers right here and then she's just like they do it and that's it yeah so i just left at like the simplicity of it like adopting a kid is so complicated that's true you can't just like abandon <laughs> your kid and be like oh i left it with the teacher she signed this <laughs> yeah that was one thing they added into this movie like in the book apparently she doesn't sign adoption papers but but she does stay with Miss Honey. Yeah, it's they, just they added the adoption thing. Yeah, they should have just had her get the parents get arrested, and then like they need she needs a guardian. Mm. You know, but I do love the setup of like because I forgot this very end where I was about to get really mad when the mom and Matilda had a sentimental moment. Oh like, yeah, they were just building it up to subvert it and not actually <laughs> give you that moment because I was like they didn't earn. A, like, you know, because she's like, you're my only daughter, you know, like, yeah. but I never understood you. So, okay. You know, I forget what it was exactly. Yeah. I'll be an only child again. Yeah, yeah. So, I just love, like, they, they committed to the family just being a piece, piece of shit. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention, too, uh, in the book, the mom and dad's, like, f- flip uh, body bodies. So, like, the mom is fat in the book and uh, the dad is skinny and then hilarious. they reversed it here uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, before we wrap up here, I kind of just want to look at um, other uh, differences between the book and the movie that I forgot to mention. Kick it. One of them being that uh, at the end, when the school revolts against Miss Trunchbull, they do not throw like their lunches at them. Yeah. Though, man, how bad I wanted to be in a food fight after watching (laughs) this. is even better than a food fight because it's all like it's a calculated attack on the (laughs) shitty principal. Yeah. I uh, never, I never watched the food fight and wanted to be part of one. It always looked like I was like, oh, it looks like it sucks. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I'd kind of be down for it. Uh, like if they sent everyone home after, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Miss Honey does not become principal. Uh, because in the book, you know, they have more characters slash teachers yeah. <laughs> present. A world uh, built. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's another uh teacher that that takes over that. And actually, I found this really interesting. In the book, her Matilda's powers are thought more of as like miracles rather than like supernatural powers. Uh-huh. And in the book, after the Wormwoods leave and she's with Miss Honey, she gets put in a higher grade level and then she loses her powers. Uh. And in the book, Miss Honey theorizes is that because she doesn't have to deal with like saving herself, like yeah. those powers eventually disappear because she's focusing on like her yeah, school. Yeah, it's almost work, like you know? a 
like a not a not like a fairy godmother in that sense, but it's like something that comes when she's in like a time of need, right? And not if she doesn't need it, it's not there. Yeah, I like that. I kind of like that too. I mean, I mean, they play with that a little bit, where you know, like the first time she really like masters it, she's like, "Yell at me, dad! Yell at me!" Like it's like she knows that it's like being upset is what gives her the power. Yes. But yeah, it would have been cooler because at the end of the movie, they just say she didn't use her powers again for a long time or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So those were the last, uh, the last few things. But nice. uh, I'm I'm ready to jump into some best worst. Let's do it. I was. I'll go with first one. I did uh, best worst uh, use of powers for revenge. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Um. So for me, right off the bat, the best I gotta go with. I mean, overall, it was the making Miss Trunchbull think that her dead brother was haunting her but most specifically the painting that we talked about mm. i like the chalk was great but i just love the subtlety like because the movie didn't stop to be like like all she does is look at it and go magnus like as <laughs> if she like knows that it's him but she doesn't go like the ghost of my brother is haunting me like right. it was played a little more subtly uh so yeah i love that i love the the taking up the painting and re- replacing it i like that yeah. that it, it is pretty good in its subtlety yeah i might have to go with the chalk yeah yeah great. yeah and worst Worst, I didn't. This was when I didn't have a full one, but like the spinning on the globe, I guess. Like it's not bad, but it's just not like it wasn't so like whoa, they got her, you know. Like it was a little, little bit silly. That's fair. But I liked it. I just didn't. I had to pick a worst. Mm. I think the carrot in the mouth might be the one for me. That one just seemed like the most reckless. Like, what if your parents saw it? Then you have like a whole conversation you have to have. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it still looks cool, but it's not. Yeah. Apparently in the trailer, like we watched the trailer and there was like a deleted scene where she was like, you eat it. And she, you know, she doesn't say that in the movie. Yeah. Love a deleted scene. All right. What do you got? So mine is sort of similar to that, but it's best worst stunt. Ooh. Because there are a lot of stunts in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worst, I'm going to go with what I complained about with the little pigtail girl falling. Whoa. Well, the falling. The falling part. No, that part was great. Okay. The twirling and the throwing was great. It was like specifically the flying through the grass field and her giggling and like just like ee! like it's just like she was flying <laughs> yeah i just was like it was too magical realism for something that's supposed to be real mm. so i didn't like that okay i'll think of my best but you can you can give me yours well i feel like i gotta start with my worst now oh, yeah. um and it's not even all of these aren't bad obviously but <clears throat> i love its subtlety and how it's brought into the movie but like in terms of like whoa factors i think the pot lifting of the water yeah is gonna be my worst. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Like it was awesome. I, I like the way they played it. I, I like do too. Yeah. I just couldn't think of one to choose, yeah. like as a worst, because I love everything. Yeah. I I literally chose it to choose it, but my best is that scene where all where she's mastering her powers and like all the items are floating around yeah. her. I was actually surprised how like how uh, how it didn't like how it held up. Is what I was trying to say. I was oh, surprised yeah. how that held up because some of the stuff. I, I, I hate when people watch movies from 30 years ago and just be like, it looks so fucking stupid. And it's like, son, it's it's good for the time. That's what you have to remember. Like, yeah. some movies are bad for the time. Some movies are... So it's like, just because this was 1996, like, remember, we're, we're three years out of Jurassic Park, five yeah. years out of Terminator 2. Like, we could do this shit. And I think this looks good for the time. Uh, that that effect. The kids flying, like, was a little bit rotoscopy. That, that looks a little faky. Mm-hmm. Not rotoscope is not the right word. But <laughs> is a little, whatever. Yeah, he's a little blurred. Insert you right could see. word there. Yeah, it was a little bit of that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Best might actually, I, I think chalk might be one of my favorites then. Ooh, just because, like, yeah. the, the way it was done. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, I got to give credit to the restaurant scene, too. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. just the series of events and the cakes flying in the air. That's that must fun. have been so hard to yeah. do. 
move on. Yeah. My next was uh, just best worst uh, kid at the school. Kid at the school? Yeah. Whoa. Or like in terms of like, you know, like how they're portrayed and what we see yeah. from them. Like, cause there's Obviously not... not counting Matilda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, that's the gotta go Brucey. Oh. He's got the heart. He's got the heart. You could do it, Brucey. And like, we don't get too, too much time with a lot of kids. So he's the only one who actually gets like a full scene uh-huh. of like something to overcome too. So like, it's hard to... You know, in terms of that, it was, it, I didn't even think there were too many options. So you really love the moment where he shoved cake in Trunchbull's face yeah, on the way out. Yeah, <laughs> And I just love the way he took the fucking uh, plate to the head like a champ. Like, it looked like it really hurt, and he just kind of shook it off. He yeah. just burped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a champ. Oh, that's great. I mean, I know you're best. Lavender? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And she's a badass. Like she cool. put she put the newt in Trunchbull's water she with did. mad confidence. Yeah. That was pretty yeah, cool of her. Yeah. And then oh, wh- man, where's I... they gotta go with a tall girl just because they make a pretty big like intro scene for her and then she barely is in the rest of the movie. <laughs> she's in the end, but she's yeah. She's there, but like she's not even in their class. Like like I don't know why they made an effort to introduce her when she's not even in their class. Oh, like, so, so we never see her except, like, in the background or, like, she pops her head out of a different classroom. Yeah. It just was felt weird to spend that time being like, hi, I'm Gretchen, whatever. I don't yeah. know what her name was. I guess I got to read the book now and see, like, if, what like, that character, yeah. yeah, has more. Okay. What do you got worse? Kids in the school. Yeah, kids in the school, but, like, do you actually remember? Because I would clearly pick the brother as the worst kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Kids in the school. Kids in the okay, school. cool. Like, classmates. Yeah. I'm going to pick the poor kid who is... Held by his one leg by Miss Trunchbull. <laughs> yeah, good <it> things. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't empty his pockets fast enough. Oh, I'm going to give an honorary mention for best also to the one kid that says, sir. And oh. they all go, yes, ma'am, sir. <laughs> that, kid, that kid gets honorable mention. That's awesome. All right, that's all I got for best worst. Okay, I mean, we talked about this a little bit, but like best worst trash talk line or like zingers. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll start... Uh, my best was from the last sequence when um, Trunchbull is attacking pig's, Pig uh, Tail's girl again. Yeah. And uh, the she's going like, uh, Miss Honey taught us a big word yesterday. Difficulty. This is my, this is my favorite too. <laughs> I hope we can slide gonna, that in I'll there. I'll play the whole scene right here. Miss Honey taught us how to spell a long word yesterday. We can spell difficulty. You couldn't spell difficulty if your life depended on it. She taught us with a poem. A poem? How sweet. What poem would that be? Mrs. D, Mrs. I, Mrs. F, F, I, Mrs. C, Mrs. U, Mrs. L, T, Y. Why are all these women married? That was a great line. (laughs) Like she needed something to be furious about. (laughs) Oh, it's so Mrs. freaking good. Davis's. Like, it's not even like a song. Like, how does that help you remember it? Like, it's just a, there's no, like, flow or rhythm. <laughs> D, Mrs. Like, why don't I just go D, I, F? Yep. It helps when they're married. Yeah, that one's my favorite, too. And then what's your worst? Oh, I don't know. I have to think about it. Do you have one? Because I, I don't know the movie, like, front yeah. to back. So, worst is hard. I think just twit. They use the, that word a lot, or at least Miss Trunchbull does. Yeah. Ah, you little twit. Miserable little twit. Yeah. And I was like, uh, you know, it, it sounds scary and it's obviously mean, yeah. but like, that like, was pro- just... Probably worse. something the brother says. I feel like none of his were that great. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, you little... I can't even remember them, but yeah. one of those. Okay. I don't know the movie well enough to have a, a worst, uh, like, memorized. Um, I, He calls her, like, dip face. 
dip face kind of funny. What? <laughs> a dip face. <laughs> I don't know. Something it's like throwing face. marshmallows at her. Yeah, yeah. Hey, this household loves marshmallows. I know. All right. Should we go on uh, Beyond the Creds? Let's do it. I don't really have anything too good. I mean, I definitely think the parents get arrested before they get to the airport. <laughs> uh, that kid becomes a delinquent. Plus one. Yeah, that yes. kid just becomes a fucking monster to society. He just sucks. Uh, and then uh, Matilda's just kicking it, man. She's just hurting Miss Honey. Maybe Matilda becomes a teacher. Aww. They both co-teach the school. I That's don't know. cute. It's just nice. Nice time. Yo, I just thought of this when you just said this. What if there was like a dark sequel where the parents do get arrested and the brother ends up in foster care, but like it just comes out a dark dude? Oh, what if... He also has the Matilda power buried inside, and Whoa. then he, for the first time in his life, he has adversity. So then he has it, and then he's fucking terrorizing the town, and Matilda has to Whoa. come out of retirement. <laughs> and now I just made a Marvel movie. Yeah, the, the third act will be them <laughs> hovering above a city, throwing each other through buildings. Well, that was one of my bullets for this section. Like, this is a perfect origin story for like an X Men. Yeah, yeah. You know, for like. Sure imagine like a bunch of like movies like matilda like a harry potter like all of a sudden are all like x-men prequels and yeah. then they all end up in one movie uh, pretty good oh, this so is cool. the gene gray prequel i like that <laughs> i like that um cool that's 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 uh, but uh was there anything do you have any like real info like did they ever talk about making a movie sequel obviously he died before the book could make a sequel right yes yeah. so i mean danny devito's like mentioned like he's thought about it but obviously mara's a grown-up now so he was like but um, even in the time like in like 98 they didn't think about it like, no i think because oh, it didn't make a lot of money that was it, it didn't yeah, make yeah, a lot yeah. of money and i also think and mara said this in an interview too like i agree the story sort of like closes up very nicely so For like sure. why would you even and if it was hard enough to convince the doll estate to let you make an adaption they're <laughs> like to make a <laughs> sequel and write new shit yeah, yeah. And put his name on and it. put his name on it exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that makes that makes a lot of sense why it never happened but, but I, in the era of re fucking reboots i'm really surprised we haven't heard of matilda on disney plus or whatever well <laughs> oh here we go <laughs> uh so recently like talking a few months ago it was announced that netflix and roll doll the roll doll estate have come to a uh, partnership uh -huh. so um in the next few you know years or so you can expect some like new animated series um, using Roald Dahl stories on oh, Netflix. I don't hate that. And currently, uh, Taika Waititi is working on uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for Netflix. Is that wait? But is that the Chalamet one or is it animated? Chalamet one. Timothy Chalamet is playing Charlie oh, Willy Wonka shoot. in a live action uh, Willy Wonka movie. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so um okay but i don't know we'll yeah, see what's there'll to be come. more roll doll stuff in the future but uh yeah so a lot of rolls all stuff um to be expected on netflix and um they have also green lip the um adaptation of the matilda musical oh really so we can expect to see that soon nice that's cool yeah the songs are great yeah they really are I think for all of you hardcore um, Matilda fans out there, definitely check out these, um, the reunion of the Matilda cast because it was just so sweet to watch. That's awesome. Um, and I think if you buy the Blu-ray, it's on there, like oh, featured on cool. there. It's nice. really awesome. Yeah. So, Andy, there are so many reasons why I'm... I'm I'm pretty confident in this selection, honestly. So I'm I'm really like I'll I'll judge you mad hard if you don't love this movie. <laughs> 
I mean, it's got everything. It's a great movie for kids. You And it's a true family film. Great for kids. Great for adults, too. The character is just very relatable. And it's just the stunts and the, the magic of it all is just so great to watch. The subplots. It's, like, scary when it needs to be. Very sweet. And just, like, it teaches... It treats kids as, like, not adults, but, like, it speaks to them with respect. You know? Like, it's not, like explaining them in like such an easy way the storyline and I find it personally a film I could go to over and over again even as an adult I think it really stands the test of time um and it's just such a great movie so um I I I uh I I guess I only have one question for you do you love what I love I love it. So you had some inklings right off the top that were right. I mean, we've talked about this movie in the past before, and uh, you know, just to peel the bandit off right off. And I don't know why I said the word bandit because I do love this movie. I'm gonna do the opposite of that. Yeah, Matilda's great. Um, I co-signed pretty much everything you just said, and I don't really, I won't really repeat it. But everything I was saying right off the top, I I tend to like the way Roald Dahl's stories speak to children. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really feel like they're talking at them. It seems like he actually has an understanding of what it feels like to be a kid. Yeah. And that's kind of hard to grasp sometimes because the older you get, like you tend to forget that their brains are different and they're not like little adults. Right. Um, so I think the, the, the way these stories are crafted, I just really enjoy them because I like what you said where... It doesn't necessarily treat them like adults, but it doesn't treat them stupid. Right. And it knows that they're complicated enough to feel complicated emotions. And, like, you don't have to, like, spoon feed them easiness. And I think it also teaches kids that adults can be wrong, which you don't often see in children's uh, programming. Exactly. And, like, life's not always going to be as easy as, like, your parents will protect you. It's like you have to kind of, like, you have to read your situation and, and get it out, you know, to get yourself out of it. So I, I love all that. So the theme and the messaging of the movie is great. And on top of that, like I, I laughed five, six times, which is a lot for a kid's movie. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, which is a lot for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love every actor they picked for every role, like yeah. for, from Trunchbull down to Matilda, like everyone's great. Um, and I could just, I, I don't know what it is. There's a certain quality or not quality, but there's a certain aspects of certain movies that I can't ever put a finger on why, but like. You can feel when the people making it give a fuck. Mm. And there are times when everything's a job and there are times where like someone really wants to adapt the story. And that's what this is, where I just I didn't feel, you know, it's like I'm always harping on on that Baby's Day Out episode that that we did. And like I truly felt like everybody was just cashing in. It was a studio movie. Yeah, it just stunk. Like like, there's no heart of someone being like, I want to tell the story. Sorry, Dan. Dan Dan DeVito (laughs) wanted to tell this story. Mm. And so, like, even if you're not into it, you got to know, like, they tried and it comes off on camera. Mm. None of the sets look accidental. Nothing looks easy. Like, everything was built to look a certain way. And I I respect the filmmaking of it on top of the fact that it's just fun to watch funny. The effects are done well, so it doesn't look super cheesy. Yeah. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's a fucking, it's a pretty good banger. And if you have kids, I would say once they're, like, 8 to 10, show them this movie. Mm. Like, maybe a little older, younger than that, they won't get it. But, like, I would say pre-12, you should show your kids Matilda. Oh, yeah. 100%. Sometimes with these kids' movies, I always like to think of, like, what would be the perfect age to show it to someone. And I think, like, 8 to 10 would be for this. I think kids are growing up a little faster these days. So I think (laughs) you could get away with, like, 6. Yeah, I mean, they already know the words to WAP by age 4. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well. 
that's our show (laughs) thanks so much for listening if you enjoy our podcast please be sure to subscribe and tell a friend also if you have a bit of time take a moment to rate and review our podcast every bit of feedback helps i'm andy i'm masha and i hope you love what i love Don't forget, we're smart, you're dumb, we're big, you're little, we're right, you're wrong, and there's nothing you could do about it. <laughs>